You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst case Elder scenario for here City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes! And it's stopped! Totally Matt redeems Elder. himself. <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself. Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. Oh, oh, the it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Heidi ho soccer neighborunies. This is the People's Pitch, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City SC. Joining me is the Lenny to my Carl, my drinking buddy through this <laughs> soccer lifestyle. It's John Bizworm. John, you would think with the season having wound down, we would be out of things to say, but you would be wrong if you think that. Nate, I'm really excited about the show today as the end of the year awards show. It, it's it's one of my favorites. It gives us actually that time to finally take a breath and think about all the things and, and recap all the things that happened in the crazy packed summer that is the NPSL season. That's kind of super easy to forget about. You know, there's like there's so many things that happen in like a three, well, two and a half, three month time span. Yeah. You don't really you, you forget about the good stuff and, and maybe some of the teachable moments, if you will. <laughs> that's for sure. So we've got the award show. It is award show time. John and I are going to give out our annual, very official, unofficial player awards for the season. We'll reminisce about some of the greatest moments and some maybe some not so great moments that we experienced in 2021. But first, we got to talk about a big event coming up in City's future and what this last weekend might tell people about how the team is going to approach it. And I'm talking, of course, about uh, the forward Madison trip coming up. So in between last weekend's thunderstorms, City got one more game in, and it was a friendly against our gracious summer hosts, Augsburg College soccer team. It was an interesting matchup, John, not only for who was on the city side of the ball, but for who lined up for the Augies. And it was also really nice mm -hmm. for me uh, to go and sit and watch a game from the stands with my family <laughs> for <laughs> once instead of waving to them from the booth and hoping that the baby doesn't misbehave. Uh, and it was really cool to be there. We saw Paul. Uh, from the citizens, we saw Ray, we saw Aiden O'Driscoll in a boot because he sprained his foot. Lots yeah. of familiar faces came out to brave the weather. It was really cool to see them all show up. And Augsburg soccer has some has some groupies, I'll say. So they, <laughs> they were out in effect as well. Uh, I spied from the bench, I spied Nick Hutton. This is what I, what I gathered was the starting lineup. Nick Hutton, Mito Youssef, Zach Susi, uh, Lionel Vang lining up against his former club. Uh, Gato was on the field, Samuel Ruiz Plaza, Brian Lopez, uh, Jonah Garcia, and Archie Gerdrum, I think, was uh, was mm -hmm. the right back, right? And then Troy Luegi in net. And then there was this mystery center back who I know now is Lakeville native. Uh, he of St. Louis FC and Union Omaha, both USL1 clubs. Tyler David, total baller, uh, showing up out of nowhere for Minneapolis City and making his first appearance against Augsburg. I couldn't believe that. 
that was kind of that was kind of interesting, and that got a little bit of Twitter uh, a little bit of Twitter buzz from some mm-hmm. Tyler David fans out there. It did. Um, I do have a little bit of a background, Tyler David. If uh, if you'd like me to dive in, I, I'd be happy to, Nate. Yeah, real quick, I'll just talk. I think coming off the bench, I saw Aaron Olson, who I think maybe was supposed to start but didn't get the memo at the same time. <laughs> Classic he AO. At, he showed up at seven o'clock and he played the last the last twenty minutes or so. Uh, Derek Olman came off the bench fully healthy, which is great, rehabbing that broken clavicle. Uh, Abdi Kadi and Ekuse was the backup keeper. And I don't know, am I missing anyone, John? Um, you know, I I wasn't there. I was uh, I was cabining, so couldn't uh, couldn't tell you. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it looks it looks. I like think it. I'm right. I think yeah. I'm right. I, th- I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, there was maybe a, a few other stragglers. I think there was a a, a Jacob Popkin sighting too. Um, oh yeah, Popkin was there, but he cut his hair, so I, I I missed that it was him for a little bit. Yeah, you're like, who's this 13 year old? <clears throat> but yeah, I think I you're. I think you're right. Um, <clears throat> there was also uh, Moo too, who was one of the future uh, program players who, who oh. got the call up as well. Um, so really good to see that 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 uh, that kind of coming together of all three programs, right? To see Absolutely. some some futures players, some some of the OGs, uh, you know, a fresh face in Tyler, um, as well as some guys from City too. Um, so yeah, you know, we we have a really good core that's still around town. Um, so it, it's nice to to kind of get those guys together, and also to see uh, Samo and Jonah go against the the team that they coach, and yeah. uh, me and me do as well. Oh, Midu is working at working at Augsburg too. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, but a little bit about Tyler David, just before I forget. So Tyler is a MTA product. So he kind of grew up playing with guys like Max Stegwart uh, and and a few of the other, um, you know, guys that played for MTA. Ian Smith. He's a little bit older than those guys. He's twenty seven. And like you mentioned, he's from Lakeville. Um, he went to went to St. Louis University, at, uh, you know, uh, 2012 through 2015. So go Billikens! He a, yeah, he's a Billiken, um, and he he did earn first team All Atlantic Ten Conference honors in his senior year, which parlayed him to being the uh, fourth round selection. Um, if you're if you're counting the number, uh, the 76th overall pick in the 2016 MLS Super Draft uh, by expansion side Vancouver. Um, didn't make it through training camp. Um, they didn't get. They didn't give him a, a contract. But then he he signed with um, USL Championship side St. Louis FC, which is now moving into uh, MLS next year. Um, but he played with them, um, and he all. And then after that, he went over to Finland and played with. Uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this. Um, <clears throat> well, it, it, it's it's in co- some co- Finnish team. Kakon um, Finland in, in a club called BK 46. Um, so he played one year there and then he came back, played with, um, the Hartford athletic in, um, USL one and that he was part of that whole debacle with that, that terrible ownership group that wasn't really treating their players correctly. So he got the hell out, he got the hell out of Dodge there and then, um, played in, um, for union Omaha last season, but kind of when he's been in town, he's been kind of, you know, doing some training time with Minnesota United. Um, he's done some training time with us just to kind of keep fresh looking for his, the next thing for him. And uh, he, he's out of contract right now. So, you know, he's back in with us and now he's able to actually get, you know, some game, some game time. And he, he's the type of person who this friendly we're going to talk about with Madison might be pretty big because, you know, he's, he's got that, that, that professional pedigree. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, this could be a showcase for him, uh, which would be great. So, 
Um, that's a little bit about, about Tyler David. Really good guy, a really good player. Um, as, as you as you're probably going to dive into in a minute here. <laughs> yeah, who did, we, recap the game. who did we interview back in the day that was on, that was also on that Hartford team? Was there a former city player that was on that team, or did we talk to uh, someone like it wouldn't have been Luke or, or Brandon or anyone? So I'm wondering. I feel like I'd heard that story firsthand uh, from a player I think that kind of got. got I think I. I think I told it to you offline, and I think oh. I was telling you about Tyler's experience. So a brief brief on that. Like he got injured. It was an injury that required surgery. Um, they wouldn't pay for it. Like the living conditions were bad. The guys weren't get their, getting paid or they were getting, you know, paid, you know, p- portions of their contract. Um, like they they weren't getting supplied food to eat and all, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you can actually go, there was an ESPN article, um, on it. You can, you can search that. So it was a not so great experience for him well, or any of those players there. Well, Wow. And like you mentioned, it was definitely cool for Jonah to, to, to be able to school his own players and assert his dominance as, uh, as the, the, the coach, as the authority figure, almost like a dad having to destroy their own kid at, yeah. uh, at driveway basketball. Yeah. At one-on-one one in the parking lot. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, in that Oxford team, John, they, they also have some familiar faces. They've got Nick Zukowski. Of MC2, and they've got at least two goats, two goats from Joy Athletic. Their defenders are um, Corona and Radia, who I think lined up at left and right back for Joy, but mm-hmm. uh, but are playing like kind of the outside of a back three for for Augsburg. It seemed like at least against us. Anyone else uh, of yeah. note on that team that I missed? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, Jesse Juarez and Kevin Irigawa. Um, who are also features players that uh, that feature there. And um, Kevin may sound familiar because um, he recently was a recipient of the Spam FC uh, College Scholarship um, that they that they raise funds for, um, and that great program that they have there to help um, kids that need need the assistance to go into college. And uh, and I believe it was uh, Adam Pribble who tweeted out that it's fantastic to see uh, Como Park graduate who we have a great relationship with Jonah and the program at. at um, at Como Park, go into our program and then see, you know, our, our friends at SPAM be able to help them get to college. Um, yeah. And then, and then being able to play at Augsburg for, um, for coach Greg Holker, who allows us to use his field and then plays for some of our players. So uh, the soccer slice of pie has, uh, has definitely come together. Yeah, that's for sure. So what uh, Jonah did school, school, his players, he did uh, Jonah scored off. A corner. He scored the first city goal. Uh, he headed in a set piece, and Tyler David headed in another off of a similar play. Uh, and, and City basically took the lead and held on to it, and I think finished the game two nothing. I would say otherwise. This was a pretty good tune up for both teams. The Aggies were trying to get primed for the season against what I would say is top competition, mm-hmm. and City was getting warm for this big Tuesday matchup against Forward Madison. No need to give anything away, John. That that you don't that you shouldn't, but was this roster that we saw more or less a preview of who, of who is traveling to, to Madison? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, there's some, some considerable uh, exclusions from that list that are, are definitely going to be making the trip. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, what we're going to, what we're going to see, which I think is absolutely fantastic is representation from all three of our programs. 
Um, and that's really what it's all about, right? Like we're not going yeah, into I mean, this game. The USL side, that's really cool. Right. And we're not going into this game with like these high expectations that it's like a must win scenario. Like, yes, we would love to, to, to sneak one off of, off of Madison, considering that we really thought we could, we, we, we might be able to get their number in the open cup that never was, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we would have taken care of, um, of FC United uh, out of Chicago beforehand in 2020, um, which we were really tuned up for. And that team was really, really working well together before everything got shut down. So yeah, I think you're going to see the, the the same folks. I can't wait to go, man. I um, not only am I excited to go to the game, um, but I'm also excited to see Kevin Hoof, who moved to Madison, is going to be there. Going to get to oh, see our uh, going to get to see our boy Evan Warwick from uh, from the yes. Cup fame, who now works for for Ford Madison as their um, manager of their all of their digital marketing. So um, yeah, it's going to be job. great. It's yeah, really sweet job, right? Way to parlay FIFA into a full time job. That's not FIFA. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it. And it's just going to be a great, a, a great time. Win, lose, or drop. Excellent. If you're making the trip forward, Madison is uh, is going to welcome Minneapolis City on Tuesday, September 7th. Ticket packages that are full of beer and other goodies are for sale on the Forward Madison website, as well as a commemorative scarf yeah, that will benefit that. a Madison charity. It looks really cool. And uh, so I bought one because I can't make the trip. So I want at least something to, to support that, to support that trip. So check it out. Uh, go to Ford Madison's website, buy your tickets, buy your scarf and support a good cause. Yeah. I'm hoping that I just show up and they give me one, but I'll buy one if I don't. <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a good approach. Don't they know who you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in the people's <laughs> pitch podcast people. Come on. Where's my scarf? So our season, John, it's all but over. Uh, save this Ford Madison trip. And so obviously the guys are shifting gears to college life or life after city, but that doesn't mean you and I are going to, we want to recap how things went in 2021 with our very official, unofficial people's pitch podcast season recap and awards. We do this every year. We talk about um, the big wins. We talk about the teachable moments. We talk about some of the standout players and why we have picked them. And we will start John with big wins philosophically. And otherwise, I think it's important to make sure that we are celebrating season in and season out the really big things that Minneapolis City does on and off the field to move the program forward to um, that that really benefit the players and the soccer community. And I think we've got three big wins for you, all of them on-field wins. We've also got three uh, off-the-field wins as well. So let's start with the with the match the matches that were big wins for Minneapolis City. Yeah, I'll start off with number three, uh, and that was for me the first game of the season that that really set the tone for for the year, and that's the Sioux Falls away. And the reason why 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 this one was selected is because all of, we we talked about it after that game, all of the planning and all of the the buildup uh, for for almost a year and a half, um, maybe year and a half plus to get to get these guys ready to go for for whenever competitive soccer was going to start again. Um, I mean, all the blood, sweat and tears that was put into that was immediately thrown out the window due to conditions and, you know, the field conditions and the weather and the long trip first game of the year, very much so a trap game for us historically. And the guys just threw the playbook out the window and then just figured out ways to score. Um, We're able to to come away with three points and set the tone for uh, a record breaking season. Yeah. 
How about the second, uh, your number two big win? And I, on paper, you look at the scoreline and you're like, man, this has got to be the biggest win, but I don't think it is. It, it, it's definitely number two in my book, though. Dude, it 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 automatic. This no, number two is the six one win versus Duluth to seal the title in Duluth, and and the the main reason why it, it's on this list outside of all the other obvious things is because now June first is a Minneapolis City holiday because six one <laughs> <laughs> will forever be the scoreline that that gave us our third title. Um, but no, you beat your you beat your your arch rival at home to win a championship by five goals that is uh, about as big of a statement as possible i mean we all know what happened in that game with Duluth going down to 10 men um with uh with one of their best players being being pulled off in 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 the worst fashion ever two yeah. stupid challenges that gave him a red card um and uh seeing two cautions and getting that red um but yeah i mean it like i said it, for me i think every every june 1st any city fan across the globe should be raising a pint uh, for, for that one. <laughs> John, I say that this game, my number one game, is the big game of the season for a number of reasons. And I'm choosing the, the 3-2 victory away at Joy Athletic. Um, first of all, scoreline was tight. Obviously, the game was, you know, if it weren't for that 90th minute goal by Emmanuel Iwe, it probably wouldn't have seemed that tight but this is a game let's not forget that Minneapolis City was down uh zero to one uh, as halftime approached and I think the important thing to to note is this really is the first time on the season that Minneapolis City had experienced any true adversity on the field I would say I also mm -hmm. think that this is this was the igniting match in what would be a nice crosstown derby if Joy Athletic uh stays you know stays viable and stays in the league which by all all accounts at least will for next year. So that's good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of, lot, a lot of emotions and a lot of, a lot of really great play on both sides, but this game starting with a Lionel Vang banger and a will kid, a will kid burner. Like this game was, we were down Oh one facing, facing the wrong side of, of the scoreline going in a half. And then Minneapolis city decided to turn it on and figure some things out. And it really, like I said, was the, the first game that we had to dig deep and look to ourselves and turn something out of nothing and come away with a victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think another reason why too is, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, like actually having a crosstown rival again is big for both teams. And, um, not only to have one less game you don't have to travel for, outside of maybe hitting a, a, a freeway spur for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, it, it allows to have that, 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 that competition close by. And you saw it with the return leg uh, at, at home in Augsburg, how packed the stands were. Um, that's the kind of thing we, we need. And, and it helps both sides, both organizations out. And it's, it's fantastic to have. I, I still miss the days of having BSLT in the league, to be honest with you. But um, Joy Athletic will have to do for now. For now, ah, that game, all those, all those years ago at VSLT, their first home game, how big that crowd was, was crazy. <laughs> of course, it was free, but that crowd, I mean, the crowd was huge. So that was great. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about off the field because there are, like, we're, Minneapolis City is a big organization that has um, a lot of irons in the fire. And that means there are quite a few off the field victories year in and year out. And I want to start with, uh, with your third 
your number three off the field victory? Uh, for me, it's it's the roster depth that we had this year, and 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 how that that volume of players that we had, um, how great the 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 coaching staff did um, their job with that that roster because you had thirty plus players, not even to mention the guys on on MC two that could be they could come into the fold. Um, you know, you, you add guys like Stevie Lamar coming in, you know, late, um, from Creighton, um, you, you have all these different personality types. Everyone's kind of the man from where they came from or where they currently are. And you have to really manage all of those expectations, all of those attitudes, all of those, um, personality types, playing styles, um, and and mold it into, a cohesive unit that on any given day you have the right 18 for that game day, whether the player who's not on it believes it or not. And mm-hmm. that goes back to the brotherhood. Like that we talk about the brotherhood was on full display this year. I mean, I'm in the team chat, uh, the team WhatsApp group and every player guys that were playing, you know, the lion's share of minutes, guys that were kind of situational players, all of them were, were in on the greater good this year. And ultimately it didn't happen, um, you know, losing out in the playoffs and in, in a game that we, we believe we, we could have won, but everyone put, put the work in to, to, to really fight hard for their playing time. And the coaching staff did a really good job of managing those expectations. Yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, another off the field victory is a, a newcomer to the club. And that newcomer is going to be uh, is going to be on our kit. Yeah, number number two, new sponsor. You know, uh, we've had Summit from the beginning, and they've been nothing but great for us, um, great to us, great to work with. Um, and hopefully, throughout the years that we've worked with them, not only with Minneapolis City, um, but but going back into the Segments organization and what we've worked on uh, on on with them. Um, we we've got nothing but love for summit, but we bring in, we bring in a new sponsorship with Uda pills. So keeping that, that craft brew, uh, that craft brew theme going. And uh, we have a new sponsor and I, I think it's, I think it's needed, right? It, it's, it's, it's always good to have a refresh when it comes to sponsorship, because um, not only can you work with a new organization and, and help each other out, but it also helps on the kit side of things. Obviously, we're going to we're going to have some new designs coming next year. And we all know the Internet loves what we do for our jerseys. So, yeah. um, so it'll be great to see what uh, what our, uh, our our monkeys on typewriters come out uh, with for <laughs> new jersey designs. Um but super excited to have them into the into the family and and again thanks to Summit for all the great things that they've done with us over the years and for us. Yeah, I mean my I think my off the field big win is number one number one and I and I think it was also one of those things that was on display just like the Brotherhood and it's just the club professionalism and the organization it brought better game day experiences this year. Obviously, we had a lot of time to plan it when you consider throw, throw. that we had. We had basically a year and a half long off season, but, yeah. uh, but I mean, when you think about the effort that was put into to game day for both the people that showed up and the people that are watching at home, I think the game day experience was, was the best it's been so far, whether it's yes, through the broadcast, you have the GoPro, you've got the handheld camera on field side, 
You've got additional, we've got the sound bar up in the booth for, for some game day, um, game day, extra game day music and extra game day, like sound effects and stuff. As the game was going on, there was the plus ups in your broadcast with, with Nordo. And of course, when I joined the booth, the, the, the ultimate plus up, right. We'll bring it uh, in. We brought in Dom, <laughs> we brought in Nick Hutton. We had like yeah. a bunch of different people come in and everything was great. Yeah. And I think that, that on the field or that, I guess, in stadium experience and that experience that people could, could have while watching at home really was something that probably brought the playoffs here. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we, we showed that we were, that we were an organization that was doing everything right. And ultimately the ownership decided that this was a place, the ownership from around, around the league decided that this was the place where the playoffs should be for the Midwest regionals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally agree. <clears throat> now we're on to, big moments so um not just wins but just big big moments in general in game what was a what was a crazy big moment that that you would you would uh you would say helped to define the season john i think we've got a top five here yeah this was a little bit harder to boil down into three (laughs) Mm -hmm. or once we get to three and one you'll realize that we would have just talked about one person <laughs> uh, number five was the Brian Lopez game winner at home versus Duluth, and that that was chosen because of the fact of not only what he did in that moment with how he scored his goal with a, a really great individual kind of heads up play to 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 use you know his body to you know shake off a defender to give him that half yard of space and then to bury the winner, but also where we were in the season, we had, we had run through all of the teams we should beat all of the teams we didn't know about. And, you know, people mm-hmm. like joy athletic, we had handily beaten med city who was nationally ranked at the time. And Duluth was on the come up because they were finally hitting their, their stride and to be able to beat them at home, which is something that we've had a, a tough time doing, um, which is odd, right? Like we, we, yeah. we've done really well against them on the road. Um, but at home outside of our, our Wembley year up in Osseo, um, at Osseo high school, when we won four, two to win our, 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 our second division, um, championship in a row. Um, it, it was that defining moment, like, uh, like the, 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 the exhale, like, oh, okay. We made it through the first run of everybody and, and everyone <laughs> had the opportunity to be fresh and throw their best at us. And reinforcements aren't coming for those the rest of the teams in our league. We know that we we tend to get some reinforcements towards the end of the season, whether it be guys coming back from school late, um, new additions that we find. Um, and Brian Lopez was one of those that you know he his professional trials weren't working out, came back into town, um, and he was the one who was able to, to to score that winner. And it was a huge stepping stone for us to continue uh, a pretty impressive win streak. Yeah. Um, and then number four, the next one, uh, a little bit of a negative one, I guess you could say. And that was the loss. Still to a big moment. Oh, still, God. Still a big moment. The the loss to Joy Athletic at home are, uh, in our last home game in front of a huge crowd. So talk about shitting the bed, right? <laughs> like we, we, we do everything we can. We can finish out the season undefeated, which has been fantastic to do it for the second time in three years. Uh, didn't happen. But the reason why I think it's a big moment in a positive light is because we kind of needed it. We kind of needed that that kick in the tail to to show us that we aren't invincible right before we go into a playoff scenario. You know, it would have it would have been great to finish out, you know, untouched. But 
you you kind of need that every now and then and and soccer you know every great run has its end and our our 10 10 game winning streak had it had its end and it just happened to unfortunately be the last game of the season but it was also a day that we celebrated all of our successes for for the the program for for the club itself you know we had all the trophies on display you know we we were we were celebrating the success of the summer before we got into extra soccer in the playoffs yeah, I agree. I mean, I was, I was down in the down in the field, kind of after we had shut everything down and chatting with the players a little bit. Um, and really, Max Kent said it best: is and, and it, he echoed what you're saying is, you know, maybe the team needed this. Maybe we needed that kick in the ass to to motivate us and to push us into into playoff form. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That like it's to right your wrongs, fix fix things, look at yeah, alternative ways. Yep. It's easy to look past your faults when you're still winning, mm-hmm. right? To yeah. say like, yeah, we're not defending the best, but it doesn't matter because we can score six goals against the Blue. you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think in the end, it, it was it was something that the team needed and it carried us to to some really, really good playoff soccer. And it rolls right into number three, Nate. Yeah, and that is the Aiden O'Driscoll volley. Uh, for the winner at Med City, so when you, oh, when dude, you it was so sweet. <laughs> it was it was from such long range, and I watched it again when I was uh, when I was deciding on this. Like, does it make the list? But just that off of that corner, for the keeper to clear the ball, and it goes straight to Aiden O'Driscoll, who gathers it, and for probably thirty yards out, just one times it from downtown in into what the lower right or something. I don't think the keeper ever expected that ball to come right back at him with that, with that kind of zip on it. And, and when you think about the context that that goal came, we were draw, we were right. We were way at med city. We were tied and the game is the game had been going fine, but it was the last game of the season for both teams. They um, needed a win to make the playoffs. They, they needed a win to make the playoffs. Right. We were just, we were kind of in and coasting, but nationally, when you look at the NPSL, the entire top of the NPSL field all stumbled. Milwaukee Torrent, Cleveland, F- Cleveland SC, uh, Minneapolis City all lost leading up to the last week, right? So all of a sudden, where it was pretty solidified what the one, two, three squads were, it really was that last week that decided the final rankings in the NPSL as a, as a national table. And Minneapolis City came into that game after after that loss to Joy, looking to bounce back, gathering itself up, trying to figure, you know, looking inward, trying to figure out how to right the wrongs, and we we did it, and we ended up uh, we ended up maintaining our number one position in the NPSL, which gave us that first round bye, which gave us that gave ability us to host. the ability to host. It gave us that nice matchup against Carpathia, and ultimately carried us pretty far into the playoffs. One Probably thing I'll add. One thing I'll add to that, if anyone from Med City is listening to this, which I don't know why they would ever, um, <laughs> just a quick word to the wise. Stop scheduling us the last game of the season. <laughs> because <laughs> this, that, that, that goal and that game not, knocked Med City out of the playoffs for the fourth year out of, out of five. Yep. So stop, stop doing it. If you want a chance to make the playoffs – don't. The only time it worked for you is when you scheduled it at us, and we had already won. And we, and same thing happened with like what happened with Joy, where we 
we had already won the title and we played and, and lost in our last game of the year. <laughs> and then having to come back and play us again and then we beat you in the playoffs. So just don't do it. Yeah, bad idea. Really bad idea. Really bad uh, idea. Our number two big moment of of the season, and I already kind of hinted at it. I would say it is minute 40 to minute 44 away at joy. When you talk about Lionel Vang tying it up with another with a beautiful long range banger that I think hit the bottom of the crossbar and bounced in. Yeah, I think like it, right, it, it went, went yeah. under underside of the crossbar directly down to the other side of the line. Really nice. And then Will Kid puts us ahead by beating his by just burning his defender and lacing his shot past the keeper. I mean, that was, like I said, that was another instance of Minneapolis City taking a look at what's what's been going on today. We're down, we're down one nothing away at this upstart team full of children. How do we how do we dig deep and figure out how to play our play our style of soccer and win? And we did right there. Yeah, those, there's nothing in those four nothing, minutes. Nothing else to add to that one except for the fact that that goal actually re- removed the net from the bar. And I remember watching the stream because I wasn't there at halftime, seeing the some people repairing the crossbar uh, net <laughs> extension. <laughs> <laughs> he really hit the hell out of that one. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. And finally, our our top big moment of 2021. It has to be the Aiden O'Driscoll wonder goal. Uh, against Carpathia, he single-handedly dribbles four <laughs> defenders while shakes three, one off with his shoulder. Three other <laughs> defenders just stare slack-jawed at, at at the whole situation and roofs it past the keeper, um, putting the dagger into the heart of of that Carpathian team and pretty much pretty much ending their day right then and there. I don't think there was any fight left in them after that. After that, after Aiden O'Driscoll single-handedly. Uh, beat the entire defense to score that goal. Well, and it was where we found that that Eli Goldman celebrate has a celebration for other people's goals. Yeah. So that that was <laughs> that was fun to see. Um, that is yeah, that no, is a big moment. That there's no other big big moment for me than that one. That was that was it. You nailed it, Nate. On to uh, on to teachable moments, and these are things that the, the club learns over the course of the season, whether it's from missteps or from. Uh, just from some patterns that that emerge that you kind of look at them and you go, hmm, maybe that's something we need to take a look at. And I will say my teachable moment for this club is that you can never have enough depth <laughs> in the forward positions. I think, John, when you look at our schedule near the end of the year, we were really backloaded with dangerous teams, right? We played Duluth and Med City four times in, in the second half of the season, two times each. Right, you played Joy Athletic for your last home game, which turned into a dangerous game, and we really just didn't have enough attackers in form to really make that statement that we were hoping to against top talent, up to and including the game against Cleveland. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think you're you're 100 correct, and and it wasn't that like they weren't like rostered. It was just like they weren't in. Like you said, in form was the best way to put it. I mean, you lost Nick Hutton for what 60% of the season you mm-hmm. lost, you lost um, Matt Gibbons for the entire season. You meet, got hurt, um, you know, towards the end of the season, you lost um, Sam Thornton. Did, wasn't able to come back um, and be able to contribute this season um, because of some, some things back home in England. So right there, you're looking at like 
three guys that just didn't play. Um, mm. And then you look at what we could have brought up from MC2. Um, yeah, we could have probably brought someone up, but they had their their own their own stuff they were dealing with. And, and you don't want to disrupt that. You know, Cole Schwartz scored a ton of goals for MC2 this year, but he also needed to be on that team when Derek Ullman went down. Um, yep. And then, and then the, to backfill that, that spot, we brought in Jacek, uh Nikowski who started scoring goals. Like they were going out of style and, and for MC two, but he was needed there. So you, there was no like good answer for it, but I, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think, you know, when we look at the roster build, um, you know, defensively mid midfield wise, I think we're, we're still solid. Um, but not having the ability to, um, no, I almost forgot too. Justin Oliver was, was out doing recruiting for, for his college job. So, I mean, he wasn't able to, able to contribute, um, as much as he probably would like or the club would like. So I think, you know, we, we definitely do have to look at that in, in a roster build to make sure that, you know, those true strikers and maybe the, the guys that, uh, from a depth perspective that can play other attacking positions that can move the guys who could be a, a goal scoring threat at a striker, um, are on the roster for sure. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? Teachable moments from you, John. Uh, number two, I think PR and sponsorship. It is no, <laughs> outside of getting Huda Pills, um, it's no shock that we just don't do a great job of um, the public relations aspect of things. Um, we do a very good job uh, online of it. Um, and this is all stuff that we know. Um, and, and actually like prospecting sponsorship. Um, it's, it's so hard to do and we don't have anyone who's like solely dedicated to it. It's kind of like a group thing and it, it's just really hard to do. It's really hard to ask people for money, especially when they're coming off of a, a, a COVID year, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have people opening up their wallets. Um, so, but hopefully like through the organic sources that we have, the buzz that we have around our club um, that can increase. And then obviously bringing, you know, some, some folks in or moving some folks to dedicate their time there um, would, would be great, but it's a work in progress. Like there's teams either do it real well. Um, but we we're in a market where it's not easy to, to find sponsors because we have all the major sport sports teams. We have an MLS soccer team that people are going to want to put their money towards because of the TV uh, implications. We don't have that. Um, so it's just, it's always an uphill battle for us and it, it's mm-hmm. tough. Well, and finally, the number one, biggest, the biggest teachable moment, which I think everyone can agree with the playoffs just hit different, man. Um, and you know, we've been in the playoffs before, but we had never been in the playoffs in the pole position before. And I was, I was talking through this a little bit with, um, you know, some other lower league soccer folks over the past couple months or yeah, it's months now since we, we ended. Um, and I, I just said like, you know, it, it's a totally different animal and we can prepare for it as much as possible. Like we did a good job of preparing for it and building off of our last playoff experiences. So we built off of what happened to us in Ann Arbor. Um, where we just, you know, we had, we played with 10 guys to start the game because of a weird jewelry issue. Like what the fuck <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we build off that. Then we build off of what uh, only having 13 guys to go to Detroit. Um, if we would have had to travel this year, we were fully, we were fully capable of traveling with a full 18. Um, so that would have been a problem, but still like, we just learned that 
from a playing side perspective, it, it, we ran into a team like Cleveland that just has been there before and, and been in the, in, in the similar sets of adversity that were thrown at them this year. And they, they knew how to handle it. And that's just something that we, we have, we have to just take away from it and, and learn from it and, and be ready for it. And, and like I said to, to, um, to, to one of my, my other lower league buddies, I was like, you know, you can't get to the top unless you get punched in the gut a few times and, and, and then you learn not to get punched in the gut again. And that's, I think where we're at now. Like we, we know what to do. And yep. I, I think it's the, 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 to the moon moniker, is still very applicable. Um, it doesn't go away because the season's over. I think it's still a, a, a mantra that we can follow and we just know what we got to do next time. I hope it comes back next year. I hope so. I got, I got that sound bite <laughs> queued up on, on the soundboard. <laughs> John, it's time to move into our season awards. And these are our individual awards for players, for coaching staff, even for fans that, uh, that we feel stood out and went above and beyond the average person this year. We'll start with our coaching award. And John, this is a coaching staff member of the year coach of the year if you will our coaching staff is bigger than ever for minneapolis city when you when you consider that it stretches through the npsl team the upsl team um you've got adam pribble who's kind of above it all you've got guys like jeremiah johnson who's who's kind of doing his thing with the futures um and supervising that you've got all the support staff involved and i think that this year's pick is is very well deserving just because of the uh the character and the the energy that they brought to to every game and to every practice. Yes. Yeah, so our coaching staff member of the year is none other than Tori Burnett. Um, that's not Tony Barnett, who some <laughs> team called her. Um, it's Tori Burnett, um, and fantastic addition to to the club. Um, from not only a personality perspective, but what she brought into into the fold. You know, we we were the first team. Um, you know, out, out, outside of you know Denton, maybe maybe even one other that brought in a female coach to the coaching staff. And we had two before Allie Lipscher um, decided to take a professional job, which I don't know why she would and not stay with us. Um, <laughs> but all, yeah. all joking aside, uh, yeah, go take a pro job. That's, that's totally cool. But, but, but bringing in Tori and, and her expertise being, um, uh, uh, on the defensive end and being, um, you know, the second assistant coach, um, uh, with Adam Pearl being the first assistant, um, and seeing not only what, what she can do from, a, as a, as a coach and, and her deep knowledge of the game. Um, I, I think like, I don't know the women's side as well as I know the men's side here, but when you're, when you're looking at someone who's kind of that next thing in coaching in our area, it's definitely Tori. Um, she, she has all, she checks all the boxes, um, you know, from professionalism to game knowledge to, you know, to understanding um, it from a playing perspective, but also crossing over to, to being able to teach it. Um, she, she did it all. And, and also like um, gathering, gathering or gaining the respect of, of, of men, you know, is, is a tough thing to do for a female coach. Um, you know, it, it's an unfortunate thing to, to say, but it's, it, it is a reality. Um, all of our guys, you know, took to Tori right away. 
I think from a defensive perspective, I think you saw that unit be a little bit more cohesive than it had been in the past, um, really refined. We didn't give up a lot of goals, um, which is obviously uh, in large part due to her her teaching and and her um, the way she she worked the, uh, with the defense. Um, mm-hmm. So really top to bottom all year. Um, Tori really killed it and, and so happy that she joined the staff and, and she really made a, made a huge step forward for not only herself and her coaching career, um, I think this summer, but also a huge step in the direction for the, the type of coach that we want to bring in, in the future. Yeah. Also seems like a really cool person to have a beer with. Yeah. I went to a wedding with her and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was really awesome. <laughs> Up next, John, we've got Citizen of the Year. Well, uh, we, we forgot to mention our honorable, oh, honorable mention. mention, of course. Yeah, the, the person who just didn't quite make the cut, um, and that's that's Adam Pribble. And, and and this one, you know, from an honorable mention perspective, it's it's not necessarily for the X's and O's uh, uh, for Adam. Uh, for me this year, it's it's him stepping into that general manager, more technical director role and, and seeing the work that he did to bring the staffs of all three of our programs together and, and to really hold it all together. It's a tough job because there's people going all different directions. Um, he also managed our facilities and all of our training time uh, organization. And, you know, he had to deal with all the yahoos in, in the UPSL and the NPSL from a league perspective. So um, a lot of great work that he did there, but sorry, Adam, you, you just missed the cut because Tori crushed it this year. Yeah, I think with Adam, you get a guy who just sets the tone for the character of the team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, and he's just one of, the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and never get to hang out and talk to. So uh, really appreciate that Minneapolis City has a guy like Adam Pribble in, in the organization in such a big role to be able to set that tone and to set the example for the rest of the rest of the staff and the players to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And now since I jumped the gun up next is citizen of the year. And I think John, you've got a, you've got a couple names on this list before we, before we even get to honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. So the, we, we don't have a citizen of the year. We have citizens of the year. Uh, and that goes to both of the Pauls. And um, if you if you know either of the Pauls, they're both great people. We had one of them on um, after the the fall Paul league. And, uh, Paul Smichael after the fall league ended, um, and really great to hear kind of his story on how he found the club and and you know why he supports us and and all the all the cool things we learned about Paul and and how much of a supporter of Minnesota soccer that he is. Um, but both of them, like if you're ever on the road. And, and you look up in the stands, they're sitting next to each other. They, they travel <laughs> the hardest out of any of the folks in the, in, in the citizens. And, you know, I, it was funny because I, I was with the UPSL folks when we were down in, um, in, uh, in Rochester um, playing Rochester FC. And I turn around and look up and I hear, you know, come on, you crows. And I turn around and it's Paul and Paul sitting next to each other. And then we go back. At the end of the season with the MPSL team, they're sitting right next to each other again. Um, you know, they've made it to Rochester, um, Minnesota, Rochester, New York. They've gone to Detroit. You know, they 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 just love to support this club. Um, and uh, it, they're the type of fans that you any organization is really lucky to have. Yeah. And our honorable mention, John, I think I would say is 
really the workhorse of the citizens on game day. Someone that is always looking to to innovate and to bring new to bring new things and to kind of mix up the fan experience. And and that is our guy Brian Schreier. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think you could have nailed it any other way. I mean, uh, Brian Brian's a quiet guy, but he he's got that he's got that switch he turns on when he when he crosses over the parking lot at Augsburg, um, and uh, and he really is, you know, he 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 and you know Nate Zell who won one did Nate did Nate win last year? I think Nate won last year, um, or maybe Brian won last year. Um, sorry, we don't a couple didn't years check, ago. Didn't it's check been, it's been a few years since we've done yeah. this didn't check the notes, but, but yeah, like you said, like Brian, you know, sets up for game day. He's, he's very integral in all of the things that the citizens are doing off the field, you know, working with, with Nate and um, in some collaborative efforts, but also some, some of his own Um, and and really just TIFO organizing pride raiser. Yeah. I just, all the work that he does. I, I wish, I mean, we could put the citizen of the year and just call them the citizens in general um, but, uh, but definitely Brian is one to, uh, to add to the, the citizen of the year list. And, and now he can, he can t- listen to this and he can, he can look at his depth of work this year. And then n- now knows he's got to beat the Pauls out <laughs> in order to, uh, to, to make it to the number one spot, even though Brian does travel well with the team. I, I shouldn't say that, but he's, sure. he's at almost everything as well. Up next is a tough one, John, because. Um, you know, now that we've got the UPSL squad in our, in our organization, there are a lot of great young players, but we have to give an award to young player of the year. Who would you say takes this trophy home? For me, it's the return of Kevin Andrews. Um, you know, Kevin left us after the 2019 season, went over to Portugal and then all of a sudden went from being like an 18 year old to cover or 17 year old going back a 19 year old man. <laughs> like, just yeah. like, I was like, Holy shit, you were lifting some weights, bro. Um, but, uh, but Kevin, Kevin left and, and, and gained a level of experience in his game that he didn't necessarily have when he was, you know, first with us. And, and we didn't actually, actually even miss a beat because we didn't have a 2020 season. So he really never left on paper. Um, but he came back in, scored some big goals for us. Um, you know, he, I, I still think that there were some, some learn, some teachable moments for himself um, on the field that, um, that he grew from. And he parlayed his, his, um, his skills that he, he, he had, the skills he learned, the skills that he, he sharpened this past summer into getting a full scholarship at Central Florida. And he's been starting in, in games early on in, in the season for a really great Division One program. So um, he definitely gets, gets the, the tip of the cap for young player of the year. Yeah, I think four goals on the season. And, and you hate to say it, and if there's a stat for um, almost goals, he would be he would be leading, I think. Kevin hit the crossbar or went just wide more times than anyone else on the on the squad. He had so many short range chances mm-hmm. that uh, it, it just it's enough to say that when you when you're not successful at that kind of stuff, like just to be able to keep your confidence up is is challenging enough as it is. But to continue week in and week out to be such a a good player uh, that is that is tough for a young guy. So. Uh, young player of the year goes to 
Kevin, but we do have an honorable mention. And this guy, we for, people forget, he's still young. Yeah, and that goes to Eli Goldman. And, you know, Eli had the unfortunate uh, hip injury uh, away in college in 20, uh, going into the, the 2019 season. Um, wasn't able to, um, to, to build off of the great summer he had for us that year. I mean, he was, he was on fire uh, in 2019 um, before going to school, got hurt. Um, then COVID and just a lot of weirdness, a redshirt season in there too. Um, and, um, and not being able to fully come back healthy with our team until mid late midway through the season, um, which is why I think he doesn't get the, the nod. He got the nod last year uh, or two years ago, but this year he, he just misses out, but did some great things and has awesome celebrations on celebrations. <laughs> That's for sure. I think Eli is just a great guy to have, have in your squad. He's always ready to make an impact. And you never really know when he's primed and ready to go off. And he, he for sure did for us in those, in those crucial couple games against Duluth. Uh, next up, most improved player, and this is not to say a player that started the season as kind of low on the depth chart and and clawed their way up. This is just someone that, in your mind, John, made strides throughout the course of the season into someone that is really one of the more dependable players that Minneapolis City has. Yeah, and that goes to Jack Barry, uh, big Jack Barry. Um We've been. Uh, I'll I'll go back to the the beginning. Um, Jack is originally from Illinois. Um, I I don't believe it's St. Charles, somewhere in Illinois, um, Chicagoland area. Um, and when he was in his freshman year at St. Thomas, I was like, gotta have this kid. It, he's got to. He, we got to get him to stay here for the summer. And he unfortunately went back home and then came back and played um, last season with our U23 squad. And just a huge, big center back and just has all the tools um, that you, you need out of a center back. He's, he's fully put them on display this, this season, making the jump to Division One with St. Thomas. And um, as far as City goes, though, um, he, he was the, the piece defensively that the chess piece we needed in situations this season – specific situations this season when when a lot of a lot of teams are going direct long ball the guy who can win everything in the air um mm -hmm. that we have with we you know we've been afforded with max kent but to be able to have two of those guys um is is great and to see his growth um into the squad and and then getting in and then seeing what he can do when the ball's at his foot not just winning balls in the air um he really grew as a as a more of a complete center back this year in my opinion yeah, absolutely. And our honorable mention, another another center back who really grew this season, really grew a lot in the offseason and in the year prior, but uh, you could see what that meant for his game when he stepped on the field for Minneapolis City uh, again for us, and that is Max Kent. Yeah, for, for me, the, the improvement for Max came in his time away from us and what he, what he did from going – going from McAllister to Syracuse and mm -hmm. seeing him come back and, you know, I'm sorry, Max, there were some bad habits that you had in there. Those were all corrected. And to see how dominant and how more of a complete defender he, he was when he came back, I was, you know, I was extremely pleased. I wouldn't say surprised because he's such a good learner 
Um, and and he, he's, he's one of those thinkers. He's always thinking about why something went wrong and how to fix it. But he, he went and went into a different atmosphere in a Division I program from a Division Three program, which is a huge jump to, to make. Um, and then you throw COVID into it um, and, and coming back into, into play with us. And I think that, you know, against Cleveland, we missed, we missed him a little bit. You know, not to mm-hmm. say that, that, um, that Jack and, and Jonah didn't do a, a really good job against Cleveland. They did. Um, but the, the form that Max was in before he unfortunately had to report to Syracuse, um, it, was, it was really, really good. And, yeah. um, and he, he was definitely missed. But, um, but yeah, he, he just, mi- just misses out on his, uh, his, his partner in crime, Jack Berry, on this one. And he had to report to Syracuse uh, a captain, right? Max Kent, yeah. despite, despite being probably the oldest guy on the team, um, <laughs> able to somehow be through, through, all, through everything, whether it's COVID or um, transfers and things like that. He has eligibility in his graduate study year. So he's able to continue to play for Syracuse while he earns his master's as probably a 22, 23 year old. And he is named one of the, one of the three team captains. Amazing for Max. Wish him the best at Syracuse. And hopefully, uh, hopefully he can keep playing at a super high level this, uh, this fall. Absolutely. Next up, John breakout player of the year. This is someone who may have made a couple of appearances for Minneapolis city in the past, but, uh, but really this was the year where you were like, Holy shit, has this guy been on the team? Uh, because, and if he hasn't, why? Because he is amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that goes to Lionel Vang. I, I, there's not a whole lot to say here. It, it, if you didn't watch any of our games, go back and watch our games and watch Lionel play. Um, you know, for for Lionel himself, he was with our our U23 squad. Um, left, played in the UPSL last year, um, and then was was really in a position. Um, he was the voted the MIAC Player of the Year in 2019. Um, you know, 2020 didn't happen, but he, he really was primed to, to elevate his game to a higher level and, and, you know, went on some, some professional trials that they just didn't work out. And one of the things I tell a lot of those players that, that are looking to go beyond our level and it doesn't work out is, you know, come back to us and, and just have that season and that, that depth of film to show these uh, these these professional clubs what you can do and, and just just from from as soon as the first whistle just light everything on fire and that was what Lionel Vang did you know he was one of our most dependable scorers um, always dangerous on the ball um, he started to add towards the end of the year more defensive duties in uh, into his resume which I think really unlocked a lot of things for the team um, and it just from like I said, from the jump, he was a huge addition, and he was in form, and um, actually picked up a little bit of an injury towards the end of the season that kind of slowed his his goal scoring production. But every goal he scores is a banger. Like he didn't yeah. have a ta- he didn't have like a lazy tap in. Um, you know, he, he he he's not the guy who's gonna score a tap in and rip his shirt off like it's the world like it's the only goal he's ever scored. Um, he's, he's the guy, every goal he scores, he should be ripping his shirt off because it's, it's spectacular. Yeah. Every time Lionel Vang touched the ball, something cool was going to happen, whether it was his ability to, to dribble in traffic, his ability to, um, fight to regain possession. If it's taken from him, 
Uh, you always talk about the guy. You want the guy that's going to go hard and try to right his mistake. Like if he makes a mistake, if he loses the ball, he's he's going to try harder than anyone on the field to get that ball back. Um, and like you said, just the, the ability to find the net is spectacular for Lionel. So really exciting, really, really great to have, have Lionel on the team this year. Always going to wish our players the most success possible at the next level. But if they, for some reason, don't get that, don't get that opportunity. Hey man, we're going to be we're waiting here. for you with open we're arms. We love you, Lionel. Uh, honorable <laughs> mention on this one for breakout player of the year. Another guy who, you know, he's been in, in, in the club for, for a couple of years. And it feels like for the last couple of seasons, there's always glimmers of what he can accomplish. And this year he really blew the doors off of, off of his possibilities near the end. And it is Aiden O'Driscoll. Yeah, so it, it's it's kind of tough to throw Aiden in like a breakout player uh, conversation because he's mm-hmm. just so damn good at soccer. Um, but what he did this year was just show how great he is. Um, we we've we've seen flashes of it, but the goals he scored this year—I mean, two of them—I think he only scored two, and both of them were on our top five uh, yeah. moments of the season. <laughs> um, um, but it was funny because when, right before he hit that volley in, in Rochester, I, I was, I was with the team on the bench that, that, that game. And I was sitting next to Charlie Adams and, and he had done some stuff that was just like, like world-class, like just next level type stuff with the ball. And Charlie is like, man, I would pay to watch Aiden O'Driscoll play soccer. And I, I just said, so would I, but we, he actually pays us. So yeah. <laughs> that, that's great. Um, but just the things that Aiden can do on a soccer field look so effortless and, but are, are so fantastic and crucial. Um, he's such a great person to have around. I'm, I'm really, I, I I'm sad because I, I really feel like if he wanted to play at the next level, he absolutely could. Um, I don't know if that's, that's in his sights. I know he school's a big thing for him and, 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 you know, he, he was in Ireland studying, you know, doing some secondary studying uh, in 2020. Um, but unfortunately, he got injured because I think this Ford Madison game would have been a real big one for him to showcase what he can do against professional players. I think that yeah. he absolutely could be in that conversation. Um, and he's got the he's got the size and the ability um, to to perform at, at another level. Um, so it's unfortunate he can't showcase that. But super happy to have Aiden Aiden in in the city city clubhouse. Absolutely. Up next, John, this category is newcomer of the year. And I'll take this one. I think it's clear that in the fall 77 league, which, which was going on at this time last year, I think that was the big deal. It's like, Oh my God, we're actually playing soccer when we had this seven V seven league um, leading into just to kind of pilot the futures model that mm-hmm. was leading, leading into the winter to make sure we were keeping an eye on some of the best players, making sure that our players, our traditional players had, had some minutes and we're, we're staying fit. The 77 league was an awesome opportunity to be able to get a glimpse of some, some new talent. And this guy that we're about to talk about definitely came ready to make a splash in the regular season. I think in the 77 league, he was vocal. He was rival rivaling the Olivers for bastard uh, of the year, <laughs> shittiest attitude on the field, right? Just the kind of guy that you, you hate to play against, but you love to play with. Uh, and 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 he was able to parlay that into a really nice season for Minneapolis City. Top one of the top goal scorers in the conference. I was looking at the stats 
uh, for this summer season. And in the Midwest region, when you talk about goal scoring leaders, uh, he was tied for what I guess a tied for sixth uh, with six goals scored, along with guys like James Westfield that we talk about. And this we're talking about Muhammad Mido Yusuf. Uh, also, Vinny Bell scored six this year. So really uh, some good names up up along with this newcomer in goals scored. Mito burst onto the NPSL scene as well, scoring goals in a lot of those early games to help Minneapolis City establish dominance over the table. And uh, and even if the goals weren't going in for him near the end of the season, he was wreaking havoc with his positioning, with his pressure, making sure that no center back was comfortable because here comes Mito Yusuf if you're going to hang on to the ball a little too long. Well, I told, um, I think I told, I, I have a lot of conversations with Charlie Adams. <laughs> it like, seems like it. He's an easy just, guy to talk to. Real easy guy to talk to. And and I, we always seem to gravitate towards each other whenever I'm at training or if I'm like, if I'm on the bench and he's not in, he, he sits next to me. Um, but what I remember right before the, the season started, I just told him, I was like, you know what? You know what? I don't think the North Conference is ready for me to use F. Like he's he's such a he's such a uh, an asset to have that, and and he had that edge that we kind of had in Justin Oliver, um, but he it's just a different type of edge. And I was like, we haven't had that, and and he 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 can he can put up he, he can he can put it, his money where his mouth is uh, for sure. And he, yeah. and he showed it. And I, I think, it, like you said, it started in that sevens league <clears throat> into the season. And honorable mention, John, for newcomer of the year. Uh, hard to, cons- I mean, you can consider this guy a newcomer. I think he, he's played most of his games for Minneapolis City this year, uh, besides just like one flash in the pan a couple years ago. And that's Brian Lopez, another guy that, that showed up ready to ball and really helped Minneapolis City establish itself at the top of the table in the NPSL North. Yeah, absolutely. And like Brian was in a similar situation with, um, you know, that Lionel was in coming off of some unsuccessful professional trials and just kind of like not knowing what the next thing to do is. And, you know, I think his inclusion, um, he just, he, he brought that different aura to, to the team. Um, not only with how, how skillful he is, um, but just, just like, how like what he's seen out there in his other soccer experiences, you know, he, he, he played four years at Marshall university, which won the NCAA tournament this year. So he played with majority of those players. Um, you know, when he was finishing out his college career, they were underclassmen, um, played in a good program, played for a good coach, went off, had these extended trials places. They just didn't work out for, 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 you know, any number of reasons. Um, but to come in and to be able to add a different, different thing we haven't had before, um, was was really impressive and and you know he set up some really crucial goals for us and he scored that really big one <clears throat> against Duluth at home that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On to John, some of the, I guess the top two awards of the evening or top two of the top three and those are the MVPs, defensive MVP and offensive MVP. Uh, defensive MVP John is a name that is sneaky. I would say you. This is tricky of you to to put this guy in here we haven't really talked about him a lot on this podcast at all but now that i'm thinking about it i I think you are right this is a player who i will admit uh in 2019 even in i think in 2018 and even in 2019 when he was kind of in and out of the squad playing for the u23s occasionally getting the call up 
I would ask myself, like, why is he here? <laughs> like, he's just not, is he the really the best option that we have uh, for his position? And, and it, I, I'll give you credit. You and the coaching staff saw more in this player than I did. He has developed into a great player for the, for the team. And I'm talking about Matt Murakami. Why is Matt Murakami defensive MVP this year, John? Well, he was all conference, all region as an outside defender. Like it, and, and I think he, he, he touched on a few really good points. Um, he doesn't look like anything special. No offense, Matt. Um, <laughs> former, former, college standout at Gustavus was a center midfielder in college, just like Charlie Adams, who we also moved out wide. Um, and, but what you get out of Matt is he, he will never, never stop. Like he's one of those, like always fight type of people and moving him out of a crowded area in the midfield and, and allowing him to, to be that lockdown defender, but also knowing what he can do in possession with the ball at his foot, but also knowing how to get forward. He was the complete outside defender this year. And, you know, we lost yeah. a player in, in Zuhir Alabasi, who was a fantastic outside defender for us who retired this year um, it, or before this year. Um, it was a question as to what we're going to do because you had Abdallah Ba who had some unfortunate injury um, throughout the season. And my, anytime anyone in the back line goes down, and anyone's wondering who's going to fill in. I always say Matt Mirakami will because he's just that, that complete soccer player. And he just, he just goes out and does his business. And outside of maybe one or two um, instances the, throughout the entire summer um, that were directly related to a goal or an assist based off of who he was marking, he shut down everybody and just caused problems for some of the best attackers in, in the division and, and just showed up every day and quietly did his job. Yeah. Honorable mention here, John. Matt like Elder. You said, qu qu <laughs> it's got to be Matt <laughs> Elder, right? I think uh, you, you, we, we, there's always an amazing statistic of Matt's to, uh, to toss around, whether it's 50, 50 caps finally for the club, um, which feels low, but whatever, it or it's some sort of an 80-some percent uh, penalty save rating. Matt Elder is not only the not only the the last line of defense for this club that that tends to be more successful than not, but he really is the the voice of the club as well. He's he's always in the locker room, one of the more positive uh, positive voices, and definitely one of one of the more motivating voices for 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 the brotherhood. Well, and OG brotherhood right here. Well, yeah, total OG brotherhood. I mean, you nailed it. Um, also want to say congratulations to Matt because he and his wife are expecting a baby. Um, oh, you so, oh, you broke the news. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did on the internet, but I'm just breaking it on the show, I guess you could say. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, well, congratulations to the Elder family on that one. Oh, um, excellent. Uh, but as far as like, just you never have to worry when Matt's back there. Um, he he just fight Matt. I'll just say this: Matt is a winner at what he whatever he does, whether it's soccer, whether it's commercial real estate is what he works in, whether it's being a husband, gonna be a dad. Like he just wins at everything, and and you you don't ask how you just you just see it happen. And he has contributed to massive success for our club um, from the first year. And yeah. he's also one of those people who. 
um, I think has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, like being counted out. And I don't know what, for whatever reason, he was ever counted out anywhere um, because he is a winner and he does his job. Um, but for us, he's been fantastic. And at some point in, in what, whenever it happens, he'll no longer be with us, but he will always be with us in some way or another. You can guarantee that. Just like the Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, offensive MVP, John. Uh, someone we've already talked about, and again, one of the most dynamic players for Minneapolis City this season. You want to do the honors? Yes. Congratulations to Mr. Lionel Vang. I mean, we talked about what what he did when, when we were talking about kind of a breakout player performance. Um, a lot of our offense, maybe maybe somewhere in like the 85% of our offense went through Lionel Vang this year. Um, and you can't have a statistic like that and not give that person the MVP. I th- you know, we talked to – the thing you said when we talked about him previously today was whenever he gets the ball, something cool happens. Yeah. And it's either – something cool that leads to a goal either by himself or by a teammate, or he just makes the guy look fucking stupid and everyone, <laughs> and then, then the oohs and, and the everyone oohs and ahs and we move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I believe he will, he was, and will be the first and last player ever to jump in the stands at Augsburg for us because <laughs> the league said you can't do that anymore. So, um, cause you're because like, it looked so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can't have everyone jumping in the stands. It looks too cool. Yeah, you know it. It it should be it should be um, applauded when Lionel does it because he's like five foot six, and to get up into the stands is a is a feat on its own. So yeah. I mean, give the guy some credit, man. Um, but no, I mean, I, I we don't have to talk more about about what Lionel can do because we already have. It's just this one just puts a puts an end cap on on the fantastic season he had. Yeah. Honorable mention, John, is sadly a guy that seems to have played his last for Minneapolis City because he is currently Florida bound. Uh, Florida, no, can't, where's he? St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis bound. That's not Florida at all. Thank God. Uh, St. Louis bound. Uh, <laughs> we know him really well. Uh, I know his mom. It's Will Kidd. Yeah. I, I mean, once again this season, you'd think that the MPSL North would have figured it out that Will Kidd's always going to cut inside and you're going to foul him. And then ultimately it's going to lead to a penalty kick. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, not only can he draw penalties, but Will was once again an integral part into our offense. You know, he he's our, our club's all-time leading goal scorer and he will retire a, the all-time leading goal scorer um, currently for the club. And it's going to be a number that's going to be hard to make, hard to match because of how many years he's, He's played with the club, um, and it's uh, super sad to see him go because he just is one of those guys you want to have on your team. Like he's not the most vocal, although he ha- he has been more vocal in the past couple seasons. Um, he he isn't the flashiest, but damn, does that guy do his job? And um, definitely going to be missed. And I think we're gonna we got we got to have him on because. Will Will's one of those guys that, uh, that that we can't we can't see go away without a fitting send off. That's for sure. We we really have only interviewed him a couple times on game when we used to do game day interviews before the the call to the booth, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we've never had him on the show. We totally have to. We had him on the show in year one, and I think he was probably more nervous to be on the show than he was. <laughs> he was to, just a high school kid to, to propose to his, his future wife. I think he probably was less nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. And then finally, John, another guy we've already talked about. Um, you're just overall player of the year. Why don't you why don't you tell us tell us who and why? Well, I don't think I have to tell you why, because we, we just talked about him. Um, but I, I will give a big congratulations to to Matt Murakami. I think that the jump that he made this year to fill a, a crucial need that we had which in the tricky position that is the left defender in at all levels of soccer, unless you have, you strike gold and you have that left footer <laughs> that mm-hmm. you can throw back there. Um, Matt, Matt earned it. And I'm, I'm glad to see that um, both locally and nationally, um, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was given his props um, to make the all region team and the all conference team because he definitely deserved it. And um uh, just another one of those guys who's just a good, solid human being and just happens to be really good at soccer. So yeah. congratulations, Matt. You're whoop, the whoop. official, unofficial people's pitch player of the year. Well, let's wrap this segment, John, with uh, with just a reminder of Minneapolis City's stats. I think some of these stats are pretty eye-popping. So let's roll through them. Minneapolis City finished the season with a record of 13-2, and two, and that includes the playoffs. Uh, that was 10 wins in a row to start the season before we dropped one to Joy Athletic. Uh, finished with another win and another win, and then our then our final loss against Cleveland in the Midwest Regional Final. We scored, uh, or we earned 33 points on the season with 44 goals scored, four only giving up 11, which puts us in the top tier of the NPSL defenses nationally uh let's let's go through these rankings we were the number one team in the country for 10 weeks and i believe we finished the number one team in the country despite that late season stumble uh when we talk about trophies we have we won our third straight north conference title as well as the newly crowned papa panther minnesota cup uh that minnesota cup of course goes to the the npsl north squad that has the best record against only Minnesota Minnesota teams. None of this measurement against Lacrosse or Sioux Falls or the Dakota Fusion. Um, and that's it, John. That's what I said, didn't I? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you did. Yeah. Hard. To... Who cares <laughs> I about that for a second? Yeah. Uh, and that's it, John. That is. Let's put a bow on on this season with just some final thoughts. Um, just when you thought that, you, so, you know, you missed soccer more, more than anything, like. I don't know if I could have ever imagined a season like this one back in May when we kicked off the 2021 NPSL season. I think we were both definitely super nervous about what the future held for Minneapolis City, both super nervous about how this talent would translate after so long being off the field. Um, But talk about exceeding our expectations, the most successful season ever for Minneapolis City. And it was just amazing to be a part of it. And you can only hope you can only assume and hope that it'll, it's just going to get better year after year as we add um, more and more talent to the club and as the club grows into, uh, into something bigger and better every year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this year was fantastic. I mean, heartbreaking end, but that's, that's sports. Um, seeing that I'm not from Minnesota, I hope I haven't fallen into the Minnesota sports trap where all my teams let me down. Um, but but, but, you're um, one of us. Yeah. And I'm one of you guys. Great. Um, but no, I, I think that top to bottom organizationally, um, 
coaching and support staff, playing side, uh, everything I thought was great this year. You know, we talked about a lot of highs that we had, very few lows this year. Um, Really, really great momentum coming out of a of a lockdown pandemic year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you know our our goals are still the same goals, and our 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 rules and our 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 ethos and our mantra is still the same. We just we just pack it up and we start it over again next year. So uh, we're really looking for what's what's that? Oh, let's go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that's a great reminder though that this is all done, of course, for the betterment of local soccer and local mm-hmm. players, right? Like Minneapolis City only only rosters players that are living in or from Minnesota. And, uh, and I think that goes a long way to making the Minnesota soccer community and Minnesota soccer development at the youth and um, college and, and, and beyond level just that much better. Yeah, and I guess my, my final bow before we end the show is um, just a quick reminder, never tweet out the I'm on top of the table after week one because it never works out for you. Uh, but that's all for this week's show, folks, our, our end of the year recap. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank our, our club sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. We talked about how um, our relationship has ended, um, but they've really been been a great, great sponsor for us, uh, not only this year, but for, for many years. So thank you so much for your support. And we're really looking forward to um, our new sponsor, Udipils. But you can always, no matter what what you're doing, you can you can remember to go down to your local liquor store, bar, restaurant, state fair, sporting event, wherever you're at, and buy as much Summit as possible because it would only make you feel better. So Summit Brewing Company, thank you so much for for all you've done for us over the past uh, handful of years. And boy, howdy, do I like me some sports memorabilia. And nobody does it better than footballstadiumprints.com, our show sponsor. I gaze lovingly at my T-shirt featuring Edor Nelson Field on the daily, and you can get your favorite soccer team's home field for yourself on a shirt, uh, an art print, a mug, a shaved cat, my grandma's butt cheeks, anything. Uh, thanks, Nate. Um, yeehaw! And you know what's best. <laughs> you can go uh, – you can go on that there footballstadiumprints.com website and use the code CROWS10 to save yourself 10% off your whole gosh darn order. They ship from from these here United States, so you don't have to worry your sweet little head about any international shipping fees. Thank you. Thank the heavens for footballstadiumprints.com. <laughs> We love them, and you should too. Uh, and a reminder that we're gonna we're gonna in the offseason we're definitely gonna get Steve from Football Stadium Prince on the show. Um, unfortunately, packed summer weren't able to get him on, so uh, we'll yeah. get Steve on the show. You guys can learn a little more about him and what he does with Football Stadium Prince. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us, well, I guess not this summer. Look for us next summer, playing with kids (laughs) in parks (coughs) and community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. It's never a bad time to become a Minneapolis City member. For only $40, you can support the club and get some cool stuff in return. You get exclusive membership scarf, a membership card that gets you 10% off at the club shop, and deals at Utapils, our official new sponsor. 
Plus, you get a vote on important club matters, including selecting the membership board and choosing the scarf and new kit designs, which are going to be coming. So visit MPLSCitySC.com. Make it happen. Send it's us really mail. only 40 bucks. That's so cheap. I mean, it is for a while um, until it goes up. <laughs> yeah, um, until the season starts again. Yep. Send us mail. It's easy to do. Hit us up on Twitter at the people's pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can complain to Dan at MPLSCitySC on Twitter. That is all for this week, putting a bow on the NPSL season. I am John. That was Nate. And join us in two weeks as we do the same show. But this time we give MC2 some love and we'll talk through the, the recap of the friendly versus Ford Madison. But until then, you got hooked.